Prophecy Club. Here's the plan. I'm going to be teaching through Revelation for the next week or so. And then I think we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about King James versus some of the other counterbit versions for a little while. Then I'm going to come back and continue Revelation. At least that's the plan. Now, I thought about this and I think if I were to just continue to teach through Revelation, I think that I think I would lose some people. I think it gets just a little deep. And so I'm going to take a break in the middle of this. So I'm probably going to be teaching through Revelation for the next week or so. Then I'll jump to King James and then I'll come back to Revelation. But I probably should point something out. If you've been with us a while, this is going to make sense. If not, then this might not click. So as you recall, August the 8th of 2015, I heard the audible voice of God say, this is the time of miracles. And he downloaded to my heart is as the judgment hits, so will my miracles. So what's the judgment? Well, I don't exactly know. However, if it is going to happen this year, we were hoping it would happen on Passover weekend, that whole first fruits weekend. Well, the sevenfold miracles didn't happen, at least not the way we were hoping for them. You know, I was a little worried because we hadn't seen judgment hit. So What we're really looking for is we want to see the miracles. We need to be watching for the judgment. Well, again, we don't know exactly what the judgment is. However, of the seven feasts, the two most likely times to to see judgment. Now, this is not talking about miracles, talking about judgment. Two most likely times would be trumpets and atonement. So let me talk about that a second. Trumpets is the day Jesus returns. That is the judgment seat of Christ. All in Christ are judged that day. That's the day that we receive our rewards, our crowns. Ten days later, it is atonement. That's the great white throne. Jesus is the judge. All not in Christ are judged that day. Now, then we come to the next question. Well, if the judgment were to hit America, would that be called judgment on the believers or judgment on the non-believers? The answer is That would be judgment on the believers. Okay, so if it's judgment on the believers, the highest probability for the feast's year would be trumpets. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Well, trumpets this year is September 31 and October 1. 31 and 1. Then, uh, 10 days later on atonement, that's the judgment of those not in Christ. Well, when is our Evansville meeting? That would be October 4, 5, and 6. Now, I have to confess, Leslie and I did not take into account any of the feasts when we set that date up. We simply looked at our calendar. We checked with the church, and between the church and us, we figured out that this would be the best weekend for us. However, this just happens to be right in the middle between trumpets and atonement. What are you saying, Stan? I'm saying that the highest probability for judgment, not miracles, The highest probability of judgment if, here, now there's several ifs, if the judgment is starting in America in 2019, and there's no promise that it is, but if it is starting in 2019, the highest probability would be it would start on a feast day. And if it starts on a feast day, that would mean that it would start on trumpets. And if it starts on trumpets, our Evansville Understanding in Times Conference is three days later. What are you saying, Stan? I'm saying that if the 112,300 arrests take place on about that Monday and Tuesday of September 30 or October the 1st, 
that Monday or Tuesday, if the arrests take place then, and if those are what God considers judgment on America, and I would kind of think it probably is, that means that the Understanding in Times Conference, October 4, 5, and 6 in Evansville, Indiana, has a high probability of seeing sevenfold miracles. So if you haven't signed up, you might want to sign up as it is filling up quick. And you do that by going to endtimesconference.com. Endtimesconference.com, $25 registration fee, only holds 350 and it is filling fast. So if you want to be there, I would not recommend you wait till the last minute. Now, let's talk about Revelation. So today we're going to start at Revelation 3, verse 7. This is the church in Philadelphia. Now, the church in Philadelphia, of the seven churches, the Philadelphia church was the best. And he gives them some really, really nice promises. And in my opinion, the Philadelphia church age was the age that, well, basically our grandfathers were, and maybe our great-grandfathers were in that church age. That's the church age that built the great big cathedral churches. As you drive downtown in a lot of the older cities and you see these huge churches, I'm not talking about just Catholic churches, but I'm talking about these huge Baptist or Church of Christ churches, those real, I mean, great big stone cathedrals. Most of those were built in the Philadelphia church age, in my opinion. Now, let's go on. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, Those things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. That's a good thing. So he's saying, he's identifying himself as the God, as in Jesus, that can open the doors and shut the doors. And I think what he's about to say is for this particular church, this particular church generation, and as I've said, all of these churches, all of these angels, these three angels are these seven angels. They didn't die. They're still alive, and they're still all of these seven churches in various places on the globe today. But he's saying he's about to bring a great blessing to this particular church, and he does. I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. Now, this is very important. One of the things that I'm, I'm saying in my book, Miss the Mark, is that you can't count on a pre-trib rapture. As a matter of fact, don't count on it at all. As a matter of fact, count on it as not coming. <laughs> we'll put it that way. And one of the things I do in one of the chapters is go through and show a theme throughout Revelation showing that the pre-trib rapture is not there. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's just a misunderstanding, a great big gross misunderstanding of Scripture. And this is one of the best places to show it. It says, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Remember those words, because in another verse, those words are going to come to life. Where it says, thou hast kept my word. What does that mean, keep my word? That means that you're following my laws, and then hast not denied my name. What does that mean, not denied my name? That means that someone said, are you a Christian? And you said yes. If they ask you if you're a Christian and you say no, then that is denying his name. So the Philadelphia church did not deny his name. Now, is that pushing us toward a pre-trib rapture or more of a post-trib rapture? Well, see, the pre-trib rapture, if that's true, that wouldn't even exist because Jesus wouldn't have to be warning them, don't worry about denying my name. But in the tribulation, 
there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have the opportunity to deny the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, I'm going to say, if you're listening to my voice today, you're probably going to have the opportunity to deny the name of Jesus in your lifetime. So just get your jaw set right now. It's not going to happen. Okay, verse 9. And this is the verse that I've talked about in recent broadcasts, but it sort of doesn't exactly fit here with the point I'm trying to make. But we'll read it. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. That's where I was talking about these Kazarian mafia, the deep state, the international bankers, all of these people that came out of the same area, out of western Turkey and south and southwestern Russia years, like 2,500 years ago. Okay, These are the people that just began saying that they're Jews, and they're not. And, they're, and so consequently, they give the Jews a really, really bad name and a bad reputation. A lot of people hate the Jews because of these guys, but these are not Jews. And we've talked about that, so I made my point. I'll move on. Verse 10, however, does tie into verse 8. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, in other words, because you have, see, patience means you didn't quit Jesus, okay? So when he says, when you kept the word of my patience, it means you didn't walk away from me. It means that even in face of martyrdom, you did not deny my name. Because you've kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the worlds to try them that dwell upon the earth. Now, the pre-tribbers, well, when I was in a pre-trib debate one time, when I was taking the post-trib position in, in a rapture debate, someone actually asked me that question. That was one of the questions. And a lot of pre-tribbers use that specific verse saying, ha, there you go. We get to avoid the tribulation. And Well, actually, this is not talking about that. He just said in the previous verse there, he says, because you kept my word has not denied my name. Then if you skip the, the comment about the Jews, then he says, and you kept the word of my patience. I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which will come upon all the world to try them that are dwelt upon the earth. So because they had already been tested, they had already not denied his name, already had the opportunity to deny his name and didn't. Because they had already been tested, as a result, they weren't tested a second time. That's what it's saying. So it's not saying that anybody gets any protection from the tribulation. That's not the point of it. It's saying that if you've already been tested, if you've already been faithful, then he's not going to test you, or at least these people, again. Verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. That's a really scary verse. Think about that, that no man take thy crown. How can a person take your crown? Here's how you get your crown lost. Are you a Christian? If you answer no, do you believe in Jesus? And if you answer no, uh, are you going to take that mark of the beast? If you answer any of those wrong, that then you lose not only your crowns, but some of us can even lose our salvation if we look, if you take that mark of the beast, I don't care. You can be a pastor, be a pastor of a real big church. You could let thousands of the Lord, but you take that mark of the beast and you lost your salvation. I'll guarantee you. <laughs> the verse says, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be tormented with fire and brimstone for day and night forever. There, as I've said just, I think it was yesterday or the day before, there are four groups of people. 
really three individuals and one group. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Three individuals and one group that are tormented forever and ever and ever. And only those three people and four, that one group, those are the only ones tormented forever and ever. Everybody else either is in the book of life and gets an eternal body in whatever rewards, or their name is not in the book of life and they're cast in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, period. So what are the ones that are tempted or that are, are tormented for all time? The beast, the false prophet, and Lucifer, and those people that take the mark of the beast. Those are the only ones. So when he's saying that hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown, he's saying, Don't fall to this. Continue to have patience. Continue to stay fast in the Lord and not deny him. Keep his word, follow his commandments or you can lose your crown, and you can also lose your salvation. And we talked about that another time, where I will not blot out your name out of the book of life. The people, look, you know, I was raised in a New Testament church. I understand they call themselves a New Testament church because they just preach and teach out of the New Testament. Well, problem is, it's the whole Bible, okay? Got to do the whole Bible. I actually met a pastor one time. He actually told me he only taught out of the book of Acts. And I had to catch my mouth and and keep it from dropping open. I thought, there's 66 books. And you built a church of 300 people, and all you do is teach out out of the book of Acts? Well, what's wrong with that picture? People are not prepared. They're not balanced. They don't know so many things, you understand. So my, my point is, yeah, yeah you, you've got to stay patient with Jesus so you don't lose your crown. Next verse, him that overcometh. Now, this is one of my favorite verses. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I'll write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. That is saying that if you are an overcomer, and again, Revelation's definition of an overcomer is different from the New Testament definition. An overcomer are those people that overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. It means that they are willing to give their life for Jesus. It also means that they saw the beast, heard the beast, but did not accept the beast, his image, or the number of his name. And those live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Those overcomers are the ones that not only get to go into the new city, but they are a pillar in the temple of our God, means they never have to go out. They never leave the new Jerusalem. We get at that point, and I believe you and I have, not all of eternity has the opportunity to do this. Only this last generation, only the ones that get to see the beast are the ones that have that opportunity. That's the overcomers. I want to be an overcomer. I want to be able to live in the face of Jesus. I want to be able to walk and talk with him through all eternity. I want to live in the light of the Lord. I want to be one of the, the judges. I want to have the morning star. I want all the crowns and the blessings I can possibly get because I got them because he helped build his kingdom. And I think that's a very good attitude to have. Now, let's go into verse 14. Now, this is the church of the Laodiceans. This is mostly talking about this church age. Specifically, I think it's talking about mostly the American church and many of the Christians today. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Now, you have to remember, Laodicean means a church age that is run by the laity. In other words, people that are running a church, 
that we're not called to serve God full time. Like, for example, the 501c3 that has a board that tells the pastor what to do and say. The board hires the pastor and fires the pastor. It's the lay people in charge of the church, and they set up a church to do what they want to do, not what God wants to do. By the way, if you are in a 501c3, you are not in a church. Legally, in a court of law, you are not in a church. They should not call it a church. It is a 501c3 government corporation. Legally, in a court of law, it is a government corporation. That's why they have to have a board. They have to have a president. They have to have monthly meetings. They have to keep minutes. Show me in the Bible where you got to have a board, where you got to keep minutes. It's not there. Now, up north, they say it's not there. But in Texas, we say it's not there. It's just not there, brothers and sisters. It's not there. Under the angel of the church, the lead sins right. These things saith the Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, all defining Jesus. I know thou works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Isn't that most American Christians? Well, you know, I don't want to go to church too much. I don't read my Bible too much. I mean, I don't want to be a Jesus freak or anything. In other words, I don't want to be hot for Jesus. Ah, uh, you know, just kind of a lukewarm. I, I go to church once in a while. I drop in the offering once in a while. I read my Bible once in a while. I pray once in a while. Okay, that's lukewarm. Now they're cold and hot, so I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Oh, listen to this. Is this America? Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried on the fire. What's the fire? It's not the fire of life. And, surprisingly, it's not the fire of any tribulation. That's talking about the fire of the morning star. That's on the day of trumpets. When Jesus returns and he blows with the breath of his mouth, he brandishes his sword and he burns up all of the tares and all of the works not in him. He's saying, look it, if you could make it through the burning, you did good. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment. Meaning, if you make it through the burning, you're going to make it through the burning with a garment. And that garment will also, along with that, you may, not always, but may, get crowns. That thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of the nakedness do not appear. Meaning, everybody that does not have a garment covering their sins, those sins are seen. Everything done in secret is shattered from the rooftops. Everything hidden is made open and manifest, the Bible says. So that's when we get to see uh, what happened to those 33,000 emails that Hillary lost. <laughs> what really happened to that server? We're going to get all those kind of, who really killed JFK? We're going to get all those kind of questions answered. We can see anything that is not covered by the garment. Verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Think about that. Those he loves, he's always chastening. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open to me, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. And he that overcometh, and to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So, if we see the beast, hear the beast, Resist the beast. Do not take his name, his mark, or the number of his name. We resist him. 
then we become an overcomer. We don't have to die for him, but we have to be willing to die. That's what it says. They overcame by the blood of the lamb, but the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. It did not say they have to die, but it does say they're willing to. way I look at it is this. Jesus bought me with a price far too high. He got to start getting emotional. I, I can't talk about that. He paid too much for me, and so I am far willing to give everything to him. My very life, I will give it all to him. And I mean, he, he, I wouldn't be here without him. He made me. He brought me up. He fed me, clothed me, corrected me, changed me. He's made me what I am. And so I am quite willing to do anything he wants me to do. So when he says, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, he's saying, I want you to see if your works are going to be burned up or can they make it past my testing. That's the judgment seat of Christ. That's the trumpets. In the evening tide they are, in the morning they are not. That's the day that all of the tares are burned. All whose names are not in the book of life are all destroyed. That is the day that Jesus returns on trumpets. That thou mayest be rich in white raiment. Meaning, if you've made it through this, you have a garment. No, not the wedding garment, because the wedding happened four months before. This is simply a garment. That thou mayest be clothed and the shame of the nakedness do not appear. In other words, you've got a garment that is covering your sins. I remember in uh, Six Hours in Heaven, Henry Groover said when he was taken to heaven, he said he would walk up to someone that had on this white garment. He said it was glimmering and glittering, and it was, it was alive. And he said it was perfectly clean. And he said as he got close to someone, the garment would begin to speak about all of the righteous works of the wearer, and it covered all of their sin. The most important thing that you can get out of what I've said today, maybe the most important thing as the last generation, is to become an overcomer. So let me show you the New Testament definition of overcomer is different than Revelation's definition. John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now, it didn't say anything about overcoming the beast. It said overcomes the world. Next verse, Who is he that overcometh the world? but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So that is the definition, according to the New Testament, of an overcomer in the New Testament that overcomes the world. However, in Revelation, it does not describe it that way. In Revelation, those people are not trying to overcome the world. They are trying to overcome the beast. And that is different, my friends. Revelation 2, 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So I'm giving you all of the benefits of being an overcomer. I'm trying to encourage you so that no matter what happens, you will never take the mark, worship his image, or receive the number of his name. You'll never, ever, ever do that. The blessings for being an overcomer, and not every generation gets that opportunity. We are the first, last, and only generation the generation that sees and hears the beast were the only ones that get to become overcomers. And so when you see and hear the beast, rejoice, because you now have the opportunity to become an overcomer, but don't lose it. Verse 11, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death, meaning you will be given eternal life. Him that overcometh will a gift to eat of the hidden manna. That's the light that comes from Jesus out of the golden city. And I will give him a white stone, and the stone a new name written, which no man knowing, saving he that receiveth it. Don't know what that is yet. And he that overcometh, 
and keepeth my works to the end, to him will he give power over the nations. In other words, he will give them the morning star. That's the light sword that comes out of your mouth. He that overcometh the same should be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. So we can lose our salvation. He that overcometh will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. In other words, you'll never have to leave the new Jerusalem, the golden city. You'll never have to walk out of the presence of Jesus for all eternity. I'll write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Overcomers literally have a new name written on their forehead, and they are the only ones that get that name that particular name written on their foreheads, and they never have to leave the New Jerusalem. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. We get to sit down with him in his throne. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now let me prove to you what I mean by saying overcomer. Revelation eleven seven. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them meaning that that is the definition of being an overcomer in Revelation, meaning you have to overcome the beast. You have to overcome him. Revelation thirteen seven, And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. So the beast is given the authority to attack and to overcome the saints, but those that can resist him and to overcome him and not take his mark, worship his image, or receive the number of his name, those are the ones and the only ones that become overcomers, so says Revelation. October 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my feast and revelation prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. The room only holds 350 people, and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So you probably know nothing that is in this book. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. 
Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 Or a new case price, 60 books for $250. That's 60 books in a case for $250. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. Adam Johnson is the president of the Harvest Bible Institute and Theological Seminary. He has done over 150 conferences and over 50 debates defending the King James Version of the Bible. And I must say, he is the best I have ever seen. We had him in and made a three-DVD set called King James or 400 Counterfeits. In this triple DVD set, the topics are Why King James? Inspiration and Preservation Biblical Comparisons Arguments Against King James The Deception of Secular Humanism Manuscript History and Numbers Again, the best I've seen, a triple DVD set. In the past, we've offered it for a gift of $45. Today, you can get it for a gift of $35. But if you order it in September, we're going to give you three more King James DVDs free. New Age Bible Versions, one of the best by Gail Ripplinger. All the way from Australia, Les Garrett made one called NIV or King James. And Michael Hoggart, also one of the best, which Bible is right for me? That's four titles, six discs, valued at $130, all for a gift in September of $35. And you get that by going to prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com. It's the King James offer.